0: only thing we have to fear is fear itself the national weather service has issued a severe thunderstorm warning welcome to the common sense practical prepper podcast where prepping doesn't have to be complicated or expensive coming to you from a well-defended off-grid compound high in the mountains. <laughs> Coming to you from his Florida room in Richmond, Virginia. Neither off-grid nor well-defended, unless you count as chickens and cats, here is your host, Keith.
1: If you are tuning into this podcast, that means I did not win the Mega Millions or Powerball this week. Welcome back to the Common Sense Practical Prepper podcast. My name is Keith. This is episode 46. Today is May the 12th. 2023. The price of eating out has gone absolutely insane. My girlfriend and I went out to dinner last night, a small Italian restaurant not far from the house that I've been eating at for shoot, 20, 30 years every now and again. And granted, I don't expect their prices to be the same as they were 20 or 30 years ago. So I had like the Italian sub and fries and a diet uh, Pepsi. My girlfriend had the fettuccine side salad, a diet Pepsi, small appetizer, toasted ravioli or something like that. The check came $40 before the tip. Now, this is not a fancy restaurant. This is just... Your regular old Italian restaurant, where ninety percent of the people are coming up to the counter and getting picking up their pizza and heading back home. Two dollars and ninety nine cents for a soda, for a diet soda. Two dollars and ninety nine cents. I can see a dollar fifty, a dollar and I understand they have to make up make up the uh, the difference somewhere else instead of raising the prices of their food even higher. But two dollars and ninety nine cents for some carbonated water and some syrup that makes up that that diet soda. So $40. And then on the way home, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, that could have been five loaves of bread, a package of bologna, ham, cheese. We eat at the Waffle House uh, maybe once every week, every other weekend, we'll go to Waffle House. And that is about 21 or $22 before the tip. And that has increased a lot as well and i know prices are going up i know inflation is there inflation is here to stay but it really it really just hit home when i actually looked at the check and and just started going itemizing it just going through and seeing the prices and how much the prices have increased absolutely insane so what else has been going on so we have the banks that have failed more banks are on the cusp of failing the debt ceiling debate continues on and somebody made an analogy The other day, they made an analogy like like the debt ceiling is similar to a house. You have a one story house and the house is completely full of furniture and things like that. And there's no more room to add anything else into this house. So instead of moving things out of the house, which they equate to cutting down on spending, you just go ahead and build a second story to the house. And then you say, look, we, you know, we've cut the deficit in half. Well, if you have a $5 million debt ceiling for the sake of conversation, you're at the ceiling. You can go no higher. If you add a second story to the house, you now have twice as much. So you're like, oh my gosh, look, our debt is only $5 million of the $10 billion. So we've, we've technically cut it in half. And that's how a lot of politicians look at this. Instead of physically cutting the budget and trying to cut the deficit, They just raise the amount of money that they're allowed to spend, and then they act like they're heroes. So this, along with several other things, makes me very, very nervous, very, very uncomfortable with the direction that we're going. And this has nothing to do with Republican or Democrat. It has nothing to do necessarily with the party that's in power. The president is there for four years, many times for eight But it's the career politicians, especially in the Senate, that are there for 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. These are the folks that make the policies, that put together the bills, that ultimately become law, that pretty much run the country. The president does have a lot of power when they are in office. But for the most part, in a larger sense, they're just a political figurehead. So we look at the crisis at the border. Title 42 was due to expire earlier today. And a judge apparently has stepped in to say that it's not going to expire. And I didn't realize that Title 42 has been around for an awfully long time. This was something, this was not something that was put together in the last five, 10 years ago. I know a lot of the pundits on TV will talk about, you know, Title 42 under the Trump administration. It goes a lot further back than that. And I really didn't know that. So the border is open. People are coming across the border And I'm not really sure why everybody is so up in arms about title 42 because the people are going to come across and they're not going to be turned away. They're going to be given their welcome packets with their court dates that are several years down the road. They get their, their debit cards, their cell phones, and they're, you know, they're told to come back to court in five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 years. And very, very few of these people actually show up. So I'm not really sure why everybody's so wrapped around the axle with Title 42, because we're not sending these folks back to begin with. So all of these things, and just one or two of them, you know, is enough to make you very uneasy about where things are going. But when you add them all together, it's just a recipe for disaster. There's so many things that are going on. It's hard to really concentrate on one particular thing to try to focus on it to see if there's some sort of solution or some way or some steps that, that you can take that I can take to help mitigate the fallout of what is happening and what is going to continue to happen and what is going to continue to get worse. There is no light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to inflation. There's no light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to the economy turning around. They talk about unemployment at, what, 3, three and a half, four 4%, whatever it happens to be. But when they give you those numbers, they never actually give you the true numbers, which is the number of people that have dropped out of looking for a job. So it might be 3%, it might be 4% but the percentage is much larger of people that have just quit, have stopped looking for a job. And to me, that's still, you're still unemployed. If you quit looking for a job, you're unemployed. If you're actively looking for a job, those are the numbers that get reported. I know I've spoken before about what I call the death of customer service, and you've noticed it too. And, And it's hard to put a timeline on it, but it, to me, it just seems that uh, people are very short with each other, people are very rude, people are very selfish. For the most part, they're very self-centered, and it's pretty much, what, what is, what's in it for me? Uh, you know, where, is, you know, where is mine? And I, I hear a lot of, especially at work at times, about people saying, well, it's not fair that you know, X, Y, and Z— well, I don't think it's fair that you did this, or I don't think it's fair that the company's doing that. I'm really not sure where this "it's not fair" thing is coming from because nothing, nothing really is fair. Nothing is supposed to be fair, and I'm not sure if it's, you know, the particular generation, you know, the younger folks, uh, early twenties, mid twenties, late teens, that they expect everything to be handed to them. I was at CVS the other day picking up a prescription and there was a young lady in front of me and I gathered from the conversation she was having with the pharmacist that she was there to pick up her mother's medications. Two of the medications were ready to go. Uh, There was no charge, whatever insurance, Medicaid, Medicare, whatever, picked it up. There was no, uh, no charge at all. The pharmacist told the lady that insurance did not cover whatever this third medicine is and that they would have to pay out of pocket. And she got very upset. And she said to him, well, what are you going to do about that? And it's the pharmacist. He's just doing his job. He's just reading the computer monitor to say that there's nothing I can do. The computer, the insurance, here's the insurance. It's saying that it's not covered and you'll have to pay out of pocket for it. And of course, she didn't like that and said a curse word and You know, she wanted to know what he was going to do about it. Well, what he did about it was read the screen to her and provide her the information. He has nothing to do with it. The pharmacist behind the counter is not saying, I'm not going to give you your mother's medication because I don't like her. The man is just merely reading the screen. So I found it very inappropriate that she was going to take out her frustrations on the guy whose job it is to read the monitor, put the pills in the bottle and you know, charge you X amount of dollars. You see that a lot. Uh, you don't see. And again, I, I generalize a lot. There, there are good people out there. And many, many times, the the positive things are not focused on enough. It's really just the negative things that are that are focused on instead. So we look at the news, all the information that the House Oversight Committee came out, a reference to the Biden family and the you know the allegations of corruption. And again, it makes no difference if the Republican or Democrat to me, if this was a Republican and this was happening, I would be saying the exact same thing. But what is very disturbing about it is that the mainstream media is not reporting on this at all. And to me, that's frightening because if it wasn't for some some of the more conservative news outlets we would never hear about this and that's even more frightening what happens when or yeah what happens when it gets to the point to where there's nobody on the other side to give their opinion be it on the left or the right and it's literally state controlled media and and I would and I would say that we are very close to that now there are very few Conservative voices, out, conservative voices out there. And if they are out there, it's very difficult for them to find a platform. So if you're someone who listens just to CNN, MSNBC, whatever it happens to be, you're just getting one side. And on the other end, if you're someone who just watches Fox, and now they're really not as much to the right as they used to be, they're more to the middle, and now they're leaning to the left some, you're not getting the full picture. So again, you know, left, right, conservative, um, liberal, it makes no difference to me. I think that you should be able to turn on your TV, get on the internet and be able to find multiple opinions about any given topic. If you go to Google and you do a search, your searches should not be, I guess, manipulated. So, uh, you know, Google's known for that. They They will show you what they want to show you and you're not always getting the full story. You know, So if you pull something up and the first three articles talk about the same thing or the same outcome on any given subject, you're like, well, gosh, I guess that's the truth because three different websites pretty, pretty much have the same information. Well, Google searches and other type of data searches on search engines could be manipulated. So you could search a particular subject all day long. And if the algorithm does not want you to see the I I guess see the other side or see a difference of opinion. It's not going to show you that. So if you're someone who watches CNN religiously or any of the other networks and they constantly talk about politician does this, a politician doesn't do this, then if you hear it enough times, whether it's the truth or not, you are going to believe what they're saying. And many, many times that's how people's opinions uh, get formed on a particular subject, a particular candidate, whatever it happens to be. We could talk be talking about politics. We could be talking about almost anything that the news talks about. The war in Ukraine, I have not, I, and I said this in the last podcast, I have not heard much about what's going on in Ukraine. Two or three months ago, it was almost nonstop all the money we're sending, you know, Zelensky hobnobbing, all these people coming to Washington. And what was it? The, um, the president of the NEA, what's it? Brandy, Randy, Weingarten or something. Why in the hell is she in Kiev talking to Zelensky? Why is the head of the, the, the NEA or the, the teachers union? Why is she in the Ukraine? Why is anybody over there? Why are any politicians on the left or the right? It's just a photo op. Why do you need a photo op? And when you get back to Ukraine, if you think we've sent a lot of money over there up until now, who do you think is going to get the contracts to rebuild this country, to rebuild the infrastructure that Russia has destroyed? Who is going to build the schools? Who's going to build the stores, the power grid, uh, all the other infra- water, electric? Who is, going to, who is going to build that? Who is going to foot the bill for that? Uh, it's not going to be China it's certainly not going to be Russia. I doubt if India is going to chip chip anything in. The EU might, NATO's not going to because Ukraine's not a member of NATO. It's going to be the United States. And as I talk about the American military industrial complex making money hand over fist, sending missiles and tanks and guns and bombs and everything else over to Ukraine, all these contractors are just sitting there with bated breath, waiting for this to end. Who knows when it's going to end? Maybe the these folks aren't rich enough yet that are that are selling arms to the, to Ukraine. But when it's all said and done, one of these days, there's going to be a whole lot of contracts. And if you think those contracts are going to be handed out fairly, then you're sorely mistaken. Just wait. And if we're ever able to get the truth, just wait to see. You know whose cousin. <laughs> or whose uncle, you know, whose extended family member of some senator or congressman just got the a contract to build all the bridges in Ukraine. And it's just, you know, it's, it's just all it's just all corrupt. It's everybody's corrupt. And, that, and that's just the way it is. And, and it's very unfortunate because you, me and everybody else at the bottom of the food chain were the ones that ultimately pay the price for these type of shenanigans. Switching gears a little bit. Let's talk about, talk about my chickens. The chickens are doing very well. the The weather has, I guess, uh, leveled out some. No more wild temperature swings. You know, down into the 40s at night, and then 70s and 80s during the day. It's pretty much starting to level out. And spring is pretty much set in. Summer will be here very, very quickly. Today it got up to 89, and I think it's got dropped down to 60 tonight. So it's a little more even. Uh, temperature wise, and then that lends the chickens to start laying eggs more regularly. Uh, wild temperature swings like that, it, it really, it really throws them off. I did finish the new run today, that new enclosure that's surrounded by chicken wire and a tarp over it. It has the tunnel that connects the main coop and main covered run to this. I, I'm much more comfortable with them uh, going through the tunnel and going into this new covered run and uh, and not exposed any birds or any other predators that are out there, you know, swoop down into the uncovered run at the time. Now, there is a door at the end, new covered run, that I can certainly leave open when I'm home. And they can be in that run and then they can go back out into the regular run and then back into the chicken coop. So they'll, they'll have, uh, you know, just as much room as they do now when I'm home uh, for the freeze dryer. Earlier this week, I were putting together the last of the ingredients for the chicken uh, chicken soup in a jar that I watched a gentleman on YouTube put together a couple weeks ago, and I did. Let's see the onions, carrots, onions and carrots. Oh, oh, and uh, celery. So I did that. I was really surprised on how quickly those freeze dry. And I think eight, eight, ten hours total uh, once the temperature got down and actually started the, the vacuum sea or the vacuum freezing process, it did not take long at all. So those are uh, vacuum sealed in a bag, rice or pasta, whatever I want to use, you know, for a chicken and rice or, or a chicken noodle, that is the only thing left for me to freeze dry. And the spices and everything are ready to go. So when I get back from vacation, I will put a few of those together in a mason jar and see how they turn out. About an hour ago, I put nine, I had uh, nine dozen eggs raw, uh, mixed them up and dropped them into the four trays. So early tomorrow morning, they will be completely frozen and I will put them in. To the freeze dryer. And I'm actually going to put that into a mason jar and vacuum seal it instead of using the uh, vacuum seal bags. So I'm going to see if that works any better because the more I think about it, if I was to break the seal on a vacuum seal bag, and if I do not use the entire content of that bag, I'd have to drop it into another one and then reseal it. Whereas I think it's a little a little easier to pop the lid on the mason jar, take what I need, and then go ahead and uh, vacuum seal it again. You know, drop an oxygen absorber in there, and then put it back up on the shelf in the pantry. So I'm gonna try that going forward. Uh, if that's a better way to store the eggs and to use the eggs, uh, that's what I'm gonna go ahead and do. So I'll let you know how that turns out. The price of gas is it's it's bouncing up and down. It's really weird, fluctuating about 325. I saw it as low as 318. It's just really weird. I'm really not sure why we have such the wild fluctuation. You know, we've got some, um, was it Memorial Day coming up in a few weeks here in the state. So they always raise the price a little bit. They anticipate a lot of people hitting the road for the long weekend. Okay, folks, I appreciate you hanging out with me. I am going on vacation a week from today. I am not sure if I'm going to bring my laptop, record any podcasts while I am away. But uh, again, I appreciate you guys hanging out with me. If you want to find me on the Twitter, you can always search Common Sense Practical Prepper Podcast or the actual handle is prep underscore podcast. If you wish to send me an email, you can always reach me at my email address, uh, Gmail account, which is Podcast at gmail.com. And again, as always, be safe out there. Please take care of one another And until next time.
0: Thanks for listening to the Common Sense Practical Prepper Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, help spread the word by leaving a rating and review.